general was a lot more. Uh, th 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 save that for the conversation. Yeah. Because here we are on the side quest live. Your favorite. Your. Are you watching? Are you listening? Your favorite video game podcast of all time. It's here. We did it. We're back. And uh, we're going to talk about some fun stuff. Um, we are joined, as usual, by a menagerie of video game geniuses, experts, and uh, so-called um, gamers with a Z. I'm Dolly Domofsky. Joining me this way is JJ, the hey. underscore double underscore J. Look at that. Yeah. To his right, your left, Sam Dixon. Uh, I'd like to say that I claim none of what he introed us as. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly we not. Are, we are our Discord's favorite podcast hosts about side questing. I guess that's maybe about the best way we could put it. Maybe. I don't um, even know if that's true. That may not be true. Yeah. Uh, we are also going to be joined, hopefully, by Taylor, who is probably in the shower. That's the joke, but it's probably likely true. <laughs> and um, by Zach, maybe. We'll see. You know Zach. You know Zach. We love he's you, Zach. A, he's a pain in the ass. He's a pain <laughs> in the ass. Uh, how you guys doing? Doing good? Yeah. Yeah. A lovely Just Monday. Just hanging out. Just yeah. hanging out. Yeah. It's the fall. Leaves are changing. Talk, we can talk, yeah. yeah. We can talk about sports. Hey, the Mariners have made it to the postseason for the they first sure time in did. You've, 20 years. You've had and two I, weeks of gloating with Seattle stuff over me. Yeah. <laughs> I well, definitely know what sport that is. That would be, that would That's be Marvel, majorly, the Submariner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Submariners. Uh, it's a Marvel. It's the, it's the uh, Blitzball. Uh, Blitzball. Yeah, there you go. Blitzball. Uh, I don't know. Did you see, like, the, <laughs> I, the Seahawks aren't exactly filling me with confidence. No, 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 okay. no. But at least we beat the uh, Detroit Lions. That's all you I sure did. And I and it's funny because no sooner did we, did we, you, shamed me last week on our podcast when i had to wear my lions uh shirt <laughs> and my other lions hat i thought i'm gonna go out and buy myself a new lions hat maybe that'll change their luck it did not it did not change their luck although well, this is a dope hat i really like this hat it's that's a good hat yeah. i've become a hat, hat guy i don't know why i, don't I know. am i am excessively a hat guy are you really uh, okay. oh i have probably i have an entire shelf of a closet mm. just stacked of hats. I would say about 80 hat baseball caps. Oh wow. Holy I, cow. Yeah, and I cycle through yeah. I cycle through them all. Like that's just if nice. if we win a game, if they have a fancy new something, I'm I'm all in. I get every time I go to a convention, every time I go to a mm. event, I don't get a t-shirt, I get a hat. That's just I think that's <laughs> what I'm gonna start doing too. In fact, um, I'm, I'm also gonna start, I'm gonna start yeah, doing weekly. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm also bald, so it helps yeah, with the. It helps, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was gonna say I'm, I'm gonna start doing a weekly bet, a friendly bet, friendly wager with friends on on Twitter and stuff. That if whatever my team beats plays against your team, whoever wins, the other t person has to buy a hat of the opposing side. So <laughs> I could not commit to that. <laughs> hey, it's Taylor Bliss. He's the silent Taylor Bliss. Yeah. He probably needs to plug something in. He's looking good. He's looking washed, looking yeah. clean. Fresh out of the shower. Taylor fresh Bliss. out of the shower. Look at Tell that. Tell us with wow. your audio how fresh and clean you are. <laughs> Extremely. There it is. There 
Uh, we're gonna. We were just talking about hats. Uh, we're gonna have a good, yeah. good fun time tonight. Um, there's not a whole lot of news going on, so it's gonna. We're gonna spend more time about us. Last week was actually really good. We a lot of people said they liked our our episode. The three people that watched said they liked our episode about. Our wow, that's episode. a one hundred percent ratio. It really is. Um, uh, and uh, this week, I mean, it's gonna be. We we didn't really have a topic, but um, we got a couple of dissertations, which are good. But I did want to do a couple quick little uh bits of news. Um. This one here is uh, something that I, I think all of us were uh, that was shredding the internet apart, and that was the Super Mario Brothers movie. Finally, we saw the. Trailer. Oh, did you get? Did you guys watch this? Yeah, did you watch it? Oh, I, no, I didn't. I didn't look at it. Oh yeah, well, here it comes. No, I didn't. I, I no, I did watch it. I'm just kidding. No, I'm. Uh, I uh, got you guys. I, Mushroom Kingdom, here we go. Go, huh? go, go. Let's let's move. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the visuals look awesome in this. Like Illumination knows they are top tier when it comes to this sort of kid animation style. Everything from lighting and textures. I mean, look at that shot with the tail. That's freaking badass. I think I think I think all the visuals look good. They look real good. Um, I, I, mean, I don't know anything about the movie. We don't know anything what, about this movie. We're still hearing about the voice. The voices people are freaked out that Mario has a human voice. Um, <laughs> yes. I I heard somebody complain that he's that it should have been an Italian actor or, or something that he's not Italian enough. And I'm like, well, Charles Charles Martinet yeah. was an Italian, and yeah, Captain Lou Albano a- was certainly not Italian. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, I I think the thing that will forever be so wild mm. to me is you know I understand casting voices for the majority of people, but Mario has yeah. had an established voice since like the very yeah, of beginning course. of like Mario having a voice. Yes, and it's just wild to me that we go to anybody else and he's going to be quote various characters throughout the world. If Wario or whatever doesn't show up with him as the voice, like what's the point? Like, why is Mario not Here, Mario? Here's the thing. Like, are we are we accepting that this is an isekai or not? Like, as listen, we're here together, the four of us. Mario, is this is this a Mario isekai? Answer Mar- me. Mario has always been an isekai. Yes, since, since day one, the first yes. game he he stumbles into the Mushroom Kingdom while doing plumbing. So it's always been an isekai. Okay. I mean, you know, so do we, how you know how do we treat this? I will say, I, having rewatched it just now, the I mean, I don't know if they mocapped the VAs at all, yeah. um, but like there was like Jack Black mannerisms in oh, yeah. the Bowser facial expressions, which were quite noticeable to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I um, I am. Uh, I mean, the, first of all, the animation looks badass to me. I think it looks pretty phenomenal. Probably the the best I've seen out of Illumination thus far yet in, in terms well, of it's tricky stuff. because like Illumination uh, tends to not go like super high death mm. most of the time. Yeah. Like, th- like everything in Despicable Me is sort of like, you know, s- kind of simple geometry. There's not a lot of texture work. There's not yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff. Well, like that. you know, they them, them like most Nintendo games, they choose, Character yeah, aesthetic exactly. over high definition, and guess what? <laughs> well, they've been highly effective in selling yeah. copious amounts of product. Yeah, it's and the things where that 
uh, aesthetic doesn't work have failed for illumination for the most part. So, you know, it's what was it? They um, like their Dr. Seuss stuff was not mm. particularly successful for them. But <laughs> here we go. It's, I, it's here. Here's Mario, man. High definition and crazy uh, <clears throat> cast. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, mm. I'm a little more optimistic about it than probably the majority of the internet like I, the Mar mario's voice is weird but like whatever we'll get used to it very quickly we, we heard what two lines i don't yeah. know yeah, I, I mean, mean like i heard, I heard two lines and there was different accent in both of the lines that were delivered yeah. and they haven't even gone through all the post-production in the yeah. audio yeah his voice said they're just a barking dog i'd go see yeah. it it's still the yeah. mario movie yeah. like I think that's what it comes down to. It's just kind of disappointing that every, like, I mean, of course he hyped it up of his voiceover yeah. work on the the thing, but to, it just to come out and it just sounds like he just said the lines. Actor supports own work. Can can we, talk, can we talk about how absolutely miserable his little video was, though? Yeah, like, that was. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I, I can't yeah. wait to hop on some. I I used to hop on some. Koopas. It's he clearly wanted to say Goombas, but yeah. then realized. Oh uh, yeah, dude! Like, how obvious was that? Then, like, remembered at the last second that oh shit, Goombas weren't in the arcade game. <laughs> so, <I can't. laughs> um, so I like so Donkey Kong is in this. Uh, yeah, it's Seth Rogen, right? Seth Rogen, which is a brilliant. Cat. Actually, Jack Black was fantastic. He's going to be the show stealer. Yeah, uh, and he always Anna is. Taylor Joy is going to be pretty good, I think, as Princess Peach. I'm fucking I, stoked for Charlie Day's Luigi. Charlie Day's oh, Luigi, because yeah. we had that little <laughs> teaser at the end, which is all, almost Luigi's Mansion-ish. I yeah. think, all right, here's here's my opinion. This movie's going to start in New York, uh, in New Donk City. In I was New, New Donk City. With uh, Mario battling donkey kong um in yeah. kind of a throwback to those old arcade days right it's gonna be, be fun, mario yeah. rescuing someone or doing something um uh rescuing pauline um yeah. from donkey kong and then uh then it's gonna he's gonna get sucked isekai. into the Russian kingdom isekai because they need a hero and hey guess what there's a hero in the real world and uh who beat this giant gorilla i mean or or to in true Sakai faction gets his ass handed to him by Donkey yeah. Kong. And he gets hit, and he gets hit yeah. by an ambulance, and yeah. then he gets his Sakai. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I think what's what's really kind of interesting is that um, this really could because they have all they they really have packed a lot of characters in this. This could be the sort of start of the I hate to say it this way the Nintendo movie multiverse because you could see <laughs> a Donkey Kong movie come out of this with Seth Rogen. You could see a Luigi focused film i mean like we we say we say hate to say it but like but like nintendo on if you look at the grand portfolio of what nintendo does and how successful all, all of their properties are for it that's the kind of like that's the thing that they are missing yeah um yeah. you know the the success of multimedia uh you know Pokemon has been doing it for decades um and you know without close they work with the pokemon company they certainly know what's Possible. I think um, your dog wants to get out. By the way, dog is yeah. Well, get a little. I mean, much as much as he knows, that doesn't go outside. So I'll open. You know what? I'll tell you what. Here you go, dog. It's open now. It's go on. It goes. It goes to another room. Have fun. You want to come here? Come here. Come up here. Yeah. Uh, there well, we come here, buddy. It's all right. 
What's your opinion on the Mario movie? Yeah, what do you say? <laughs> Chris Pratt was rough. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Dally. You nailed it. Here, dog, sit down. Yeah. I, I think what you were saying. Oh, I was gonna say, I think we're getting the building of the fellowship of the ring here, but for Mario, Maybe. like yeah. I think I think Bowser's gonna try to take over uh Donkey Kong Land. Oh, is this a transition into Mario RPG the movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah this this builds yeah. everybody together and then they're gonna spin off everybody separately. So you're gonna get uh what uh, Adventure Toad? What's his name? Captain Toad. Captain Toad's Captain Toad. Yeah. <laughs> Adventure Toad, what's his name? Uh, Adventure Toad, what's his name? You've just renamed our episode. Uh, uh, listen, we know we know that this is. Then we're gonna get the Link movie. We're gonna get the Metroid mm -hmm. movie. Then it's all gonna come to like Avengers Endgame, Super Smash Brothers movie. <laughs> Give me a Mario Kart. Well, what's, I think the Charles. Everyone, was, a lot of folks were upset at the Charles Martinet wasn't the voice. I think all <sighs> that in the in that poster, right? That teaser poster they showed those retro the retro items there. I think Charles Martinet's voice is like retro items, retro Mario. They're going to have like little Mario toys. They're going to, and that's where Charles Martinet's voice is going to come in. You're going to see a lot well, of that, that stuff. In, in reality, there's two problems, right? Is that Charles Martinet realistically, I don't know if is the best choice for an entire feature length movie right. to voice Mario. The second problem is that after deciding that they chose Chris Pratt, like those are two different problems. Um, you know, definitely Chris Pratt was not the right, but like, you know, Marnay probably was not necessarily the right choice for an entire 90 minute movie. I mean, like, I, I don't know if you've ever listened to like prolonged <laughs> Martinet, Mario stuff. It's not, it's not like it, it's it, not it, great. It, it doses, man. There was yeah. that, that children's game where that was the first thing he did as Mario. And the voice hasn't changed since then. And it is full-length conversations with Mario, and it sucks. And it's <laughs> yeah. I feel like... Let's talk about the entire alphabet. A is for Apple. B is... Okay, I'm that, done. Yeah, I mean, didn't they... Do, wasn't there some release footage of him doing his casting call, and, like, has, yeah. nobody, listen, has nobody listened to that since then? Yeah, like, there was that <laughs> E3 where they had the like Andros Mario head yeah. harassing uh, yeah. uh, con goers and it was terrible. I mean, it's he's great as being just a little quick little shots that Mario is in the games because Mario has no character in the Mario games. Yeah, yeah. So when you just need him to be a voice, it works fine as Charles Martinet. I love Charles Martinet. Uh, some of the stuff that he does that's not Mario is great. Uh, but just yeah, feature length Mario movie with him is not. I get it. Yeah, I wish they. I'm sick and tired of Hollywood just disrespecting voiceover artists in general. That's I was gonna. Yeah. That's my bigger problem than not hiring Charles Martinet. But that's that's a completely different subject. Yeah. With her completely not for not this program. I will say. I mean, not not that. Please don't label me a, a Chris Pratt defender um but he has busted some chops doing voiceover for on quite a number of movies I mean, he, before yeah, the, this the lego movies are phenomenal yeah the, i mean he does, he does very good in the lego movies yeah i think i actually i actually don't know if there's any if there's other ones other than that but like he also plays the most single most generic possible character in the lego movies that has ever existed yeah, in humanity and that's and that's, and that's his voice exactly yeah and like and that's, that's the and that's the character too is supposed yeah. to be like 
no just like just the generic face generic yeah. body just, yeah here is yellow man we found yeah. <laughs> well the mario movie april 7th we'll all be we'll all be watching um what uh, something that might actually arrive earlier than april 7th is something well, that we've been talking about for quite a while now in different variations we've even talked about some different versions of it um uh, our our good friend and avid side questing viewer, <clears throat> podcast viewer Phil Spencer. You guys know Phil? Hey Phil. Oh, of course. Um, had uh, posted his latest video, uh, latest photograph of his of his his uh, latest his latest teaser. His latest teaser, and in the background, the infamous Keystone. I'm uh, right there. I can't really zoom in very well. There it is. The X. What they're calling the Keystone. That's the streaming box that's clearly not anything that exists on the market obviously yeah. so I'm, what i'm saying is not an xbox series s or an xbox one s or whatever um keystone you know. is, keystone anyway. is the stupidest <laughs> yeah and it'll be something else it'll be i'm the, glad it'll be that like, that's not xbox doesn't name their things so it'll be xbox <laughs> cloud streaming stick or something like yeah. that yeah but this, is, this is the big rumor thing the fact that he is teasing this um, after it supposedly went through a bit of a redesign leads me to believe that we may get an announcement for this sucker pretty soon and it might go on sale soon after it's announced. So um, I'm thinking this is a November item because uh, right now Microsoft is throwing Xbox series S's at anybody who can blink because you go to every store, <laughs> just, it's like yeah, 50 bucks off free controller, the, you know, yeah. and a game and was six like- months. And it's like, well, it's a great deal right now for the series S and for Xbox, this device gets them even closer to that. Do and you- I think this is a black Friday pickup. for a lot So of I, I, I guess, I guess I always in the back of my mind, that this was going to be the device that sort of supplants the S in a way mm-hmm. like yeah like it sort of feeds into that where let's get rid well, of them let's get rid of as many of them as we can and but does like, this no. supplant the s or does this supplant the xbox one because i feel like the first order of business is supplanting the one i mean i, I know that we're not officially selling or, or producing more of the xbox ones um but what we're trying to do is prevent or for you know, if I'm Xbox and I'm Microsoft, I'm like, okay, how do I make sure that nobody wants to buy an Xbox One? Period. Um, because you know, for a period of time, we're still in that kind of weird range where games that are still coming to cross gen, and Xbox One X is like kind of attempting buy. So how do you replace those people instead with somebody who's going to buy a Keystone and then sub to Game Pass? Well, and that that just brought up an interesting point to me is is keystone like a multi-level product or is it a single level where it's it's just a streaming box right i didn't think about you know do you make a box that is capable of holding some digital like you know maybe not series s games but these sort of indie games that will blur the line between and can run on low spec machines Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. is there 100 gigs of you know, storage in there or something to run some stuff locally, but basically rely mostly on the streaming part, right. or is it completely streaming? My my gut, from a business perspective, it's one hundred percent streaming. There is no, there's no guts on this thing. What, right. There's no, Whatever. there's no internals. 
yeah, whatever memories in this very thing minimal is yeah. is there to catch. It's gonna have it's you know yeah exactly. It's gonna have sixteen gigs just so that it can onload um, multi apps for streaming on top of video game stuff. You know, you don't want to sell a device that's gonna take up an HDMI slot that can't do um, you know your typical streaming uh, apps. What yeah, exactly. Your Netflixes, your Hulus, um, et cetera, et cetera. Amazon on there. You'll have that. Right. You know, and Microsoft's going to count on that for partnerships to be able to ship the device as well, you know, pre-installed, and you make your, your business yeah. deals on that stuff as well. Yeah. It's all going to come on it. I guess um, my but, only question is, is, I mean, you mentioned Black Friday, right? So, like, what's yeah. the sell here? Like, what, what makes me buy this over something like a Google Chrome, you know, 4K that can install the app, right? Or I can sideload the app. I guess side, sideload is sideload. So, if you have Right, sideload, so sideload is not a consumer uh, yeah, is right. sideloading is not a consumer proposition. So yeah. the consumer proposition is that you put this in the game console section. It doesn't go in the multimedia se section. It goes in the console section. And, or I don't know. who. I mean, if I'm Microsoft, I'm putting it in the console section. Or I'm telling, I'm telling Best Buys and Targets of the world, this goes in the game section. Yeah. And and you and you had or you know you end cap it and say, hey, we also you know it's an all in one streaming product as well. Yeah, I, I guess. mean this, I, and but you got to keep in mind this will come with like a like a, one of the Xbox controllers or an Xbox controller. controller. Right. So like it makes sense to sort of be, like have there'll be two versions. One. There'll be one version that's just a stick for like us, and then one version that comes with the the majority but will be sold I, with the controller. Boy. I, I will be interested to see what the attach rate is for yeah, yeah. gamers. Sure. Like nobody it, it is not for any any four of us. Period. I'm this still going to get it. I mean, but that's different. Like I have an you, old TV down here with me my and you Xbox are different. Stuff. I am sitting we in front different. of it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we're 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 fucking broken when it comes to this technology <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, but like but like it's not for us. Us no. playing with it is different than like. Well, I mean, I could like play my Xbox on my t my guest bedroom TV if I needed yeah. to. If I'm snoring too loud and I get kicked out of the bed, now, I can still the, play. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the cool thing about this is this this becomes your travel Xbox. In it, you know, That's I mean, this is really, something yeah. I would I would carry this sucker with me. All you need to do is just get online, and if you could pair it with the Xbox app, which I'm sure oh, it would, can. I'm man. so ex I'm so fucking excited to play Forza Horizon Five over hotel internet. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, but you know, I it's uh, it, it, um, the the price point is gonna be important. I mean, if it goes over forty, well. You're getting a controller in there. Yeah, so I'm saying you have to with the controller. Yeah, you're going to have to assume that by default this thing is going to come with a controller, and that's yeah, yeah. that's uh, that makes this a hundred dollar box probably in general. Sixty bucks for the controller, forty bucks for the mm -hmm. whatever yep. Yep. box stick unit is like. That's still decent enough. Yeah. Like yeah. hundred bucks. If that if that's if that's the sweet spot that they can hit, that's the sweet spot they need mm -hmm. to hit. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
I just I, I just think communication on this is going to be very weird. You're going to have yeah. a product that it's a tough is, sell. is yeah. weirdly priced. Yeah. You know, it, I, I mean, the point is to move it to the people who look at these streaming boxes and go, oh, well, I'd also like me some console games. And, yeah. you know, they get the three months free mm -hmm. of Games Pass or yep. whatever on it. Yeah. And, yep. you know, then when that expires, they can feel free to sub, I guess. I, I, you know, you're talking you know, about all these scenarios of taking it places. I'm worried that you know, some kid gets this box and it's like, oh, I, I bought you a new Xbox and yeah. it's the streaming device. And then their internet can't, you know, isn't oh, capable this, of streaming. Yeah. Like this, this is the this yeah. is the hard thing about this. If there's nothing that they can do that's like a purely like, you know, good experience right out of the bat, this becomes e-waste almost immediately for people. Yeah. So like, I, you know, I just have a hard time thinking that it's not going to have storage on it to have something or run something locally but yeah. i'm also with you in the same thing of why would you do that especially if you're trying to yeah. to get people out of that you know series s range or not series s range i'm sorry uh but xbox one and the xbox one s the x and all that stuff yeah like, i mean it, could you make a board of that size you know small enough to fit in a box like this right now maybe if you did very well in your thermals but then, I, I don't that's you're talking about a 200 300 box i think my, my, yeah my, so here's the thing is that microsoft's not trying that hard to create a brand new SKU yeah. of console hardware because that's what this is if you're saying that it's going to natively run games um on board we're talking about a new new console SKU, and there's no way that microsoft's doing it it's not going to happen um they're, they're, they're trying to get these out the door at sub hundred dollars, most likely yeah. sub like fifty bucks. Um, yeah. I think I think I think that there we're we're going to be looking in the neighborhood of fifty to a hundred dollars. Um, you know, probably, controller. Yep. Yeah, with, with, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what price points for each one. Um, my gut says that the sweet spot is that by quarter one twenty three, these are going to be fifty bucks. Um, yeah. And that's it's what... going to be. Uh, it's going to be the thing that you pick up because, like, well, I do need another controller, and it's going to come with this yeah. fucking thing anyways. So right. Gonna... That's fair. Yeah, it, it's literally going to be like a controller, sixty bucks. The streaming stick and the controller is a hundred bucks. Do I yeah. get the streaming stick and the controller so that I get the second controller and I have the ability to take the streaming stick with quick X Cloud wherever I go? Yeah, yeah, probably, and yeah. that's what they're going to count on. And, and then is then you also like throw in a fucking like phone clip in there, just like this is the streaming package they so can snap mm -hmm. your phone to it while you're out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, you're you know, like like but, like uh, Sam said, you're gonna get yeah. a month. Maybe I mean yeah. I, three months is a lot. Three but you'll months. definitely get one I, month of yeah. Game Pass Ultimate um, streaming, I and I think that would be a good you know. It, and then you could you'll be able to you'll be able to say by the way if you're if you have this you can also play games on your pc that you already yeah. have to download on your other devices yeah in my mind they do sell this as a multimedia device and not a mm -hmm. gaming device yep. because a microsoft branded like roku like it's a it's a name people trust for better or worse yeah. it's microsoft so to have it be xbox branded and have it be sort of sold as a multimedia stick probably gets it into more houses in just like a generic that's sense. that that's actually the hardest that that's the part yeah. where i can't quite figure out exactly yeah. and what, I, what i'm most interested to learn is where they're going to try and land it from a branding perspective because yeah. um, you know the thing is is that in the home streaming section i would argue that it's more competitive hey, absolutely uh, is. than that it is in the in the console section in oh, yeah. the console section 
the small footprint and the multimedia focus is arguably a definer. I mean, yes, you have Roku, I mean, you have, you know, Hulu and you have Amazon and you have Netflix on all the home consoles, but the difference is, is that they're big, they're home consoles, they're not, you know, kind of streaming stick sized. Yep. Um, so could this instead be, you know, its small size be the defining factor of it in the gaming section? I think the hardest. I don't know. I think the hardest problem they're going to have if they market this strictly as a gaming device that does other things right. is making people realize that this is a streaming only gaming device. Right. You know, is, is, that the, is that the reason to put it yeah. in the streaming stick section exactly. is instead of like, yeah, this is the device that, you know, is stream stuff, but also it streams games. Like you yeah. said, Taylor, the end caps, the uh, register, the the register locations. When you walk yeah. up to the register, yeah, these things sitting there. All of a sudden, you're thinking, you know what? I need a quick gift for my nephew. Yeah, I'll just grab them this for. Yeah, so bucks. so yeah, I mean, for from like the quick little. So I used to work at I worked at Best Buy for quite a while. Same here. Um, you, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Um, so you know, my end cap view is that. You know, we're talking about aisle end cap. Not, a, I mean, I don't think I don't think of it as register. I think aisle end cap. Um, you know, in the multimedia section, where you know wherever you find your Roku's and Amazon Fire Sticks, so it's in that kind of area of of the store. Yeah. Um, but I do see and, this as something like I, again. I was just, just in Best Buy the other day picking up something, and that the lead up that they have. Coming up to the registers, especially around the holidays. I mean, they yeah, that aisle. It, it's, yeah, it's always it's it's as whatever is grab and go is going to go there. It's where you it's, find your nests. You find your uh, that's, you know. That's where the, they keep the yeah. That's the where they echoes, keep the. You find everything. Yeah, it's where they keep the like uh, Kindle fires and their Kindle little fires. like grab and go so, takeout boxes. And yeah, shit. and yeah. so I think with with something like this, um, I, you guys are all saying the same. I think the same thing too. Or at least yeah. what I'm guessing is that how do you market this if it's an Xbox? Yeah. We talked about this before. You can't have something that takes up the spot of something that's that does the multimedia better. You can't have yeah. th this take up the spot of the Apple TV. You can't have this take up the spot of an Amazon Fire Stick, or mostly because Amazon's going to pack their own crap into that. You have to do something much more you and roku right now has their own channels you have to yeah. include something beyond just gaming something that's maybe xbox only that can compel people because if you're saying yeah okay you can get hulu on this you can get netflix on this you can get all your favorite giant streamers and it's like well yeah but i have like 50 other devices that already do this stuff and don't rely on streaming in the same way it's like you know it's, it's a tougher sell yeah yeah well you know like <laughs> for this kind of for this kind of thing uh that they could really lean in on is the you could easily lean in on the madden crowd in a way not saying yeah. get madden with it although mm. you know if you were to have something where it's like oh you get you know nfl red zone included Man. Here you go. This. Yeah. Or if you get yeah. the NBA, you get the because if you bought the deluxe edition of the of NBA 2K23, 
it comes with a year of their streaming service. Now there's something cool. Make get these branded. Get a WWE. I hate yeah. to get a WWE one, but you can get stuff like that where this Peacock, is get the with, Universal branded. Fucking, Universal yeah. brand. You can get those minions in the Mario. You can get yeah. the Mario movie for free when it comes out streaming. No, I think there's. Definitely something to that yeah. to that point. You know, they're selling these as branded. I Here's think. the thing: nobody has has cracked the nut on on selling a streaming video games device yet. No, uh -uh. many have come in. They've all failed and are currently starting to fail. Like that handheld that just came out is already failing. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, the stadia just sh sh shut down all their shit. On live had a console, it all shut down. Microsoft, this shit only works when mm -hmm. it's included with the shit that you're already doing. So that's yes. uh, so I, I, so far, so good. So if Microsoft can figure out how to crack that nut, good for them. Yep. <laughs> so. yep. My next story was going to be Stadia, but I think it was just no fuck Stadia. We knew it. I mean, I mean, yeah. Done with Stadia. The the biggest, the biggest. I mean, I want to. I don't want to call. I mean, I was. I was going to say shame, um, yeah. but like, it's just so dumb. Yeah. Uh, because you know whether it was a a tech project that Google just wanted to push out so that it could. I, here's the thing i mean you know there's there's been reports that come have come out since that says you know the project the nascent project nature of the way that google works as far as an internal company um is that is what's at fault whether it's that whether it's google wanting to find a way to you know just a way to show off its ability to host cloud content um in a hardware as well as software fashion whether that's it um either way i mean you know there's other ramifications that affect the games industry at large which is the amount of studios that google um swallowed up in order to accomplish um this project in the first place and just kind of the negative consequences overall that were just arguably not worth the bullshit that everybody went through um, for what was inevitably Google creating a product with a very, very terrible um, yeah. uh, monetization policy that was doomed to fail from the first place. You know, GeForce Now came up kind of side by side with Stadia, offered a very similar package except hey log in with your existing accounts and keep all the games that you already own and also stream them um and stadia was like oh well, how about that except use a chromecast and also buy the games and you're like i don't know which one am i gonna pick yeah and it wasn't even like it was one very specific chromecast that they outdated like almost immediately and then didn't right. update to use fucking stadia like it's the most jesus christ yeah. those guys it, they, they constantly do this and we constantly fall for it <laughs> no I, I mean this is why i i think this is why i know the four of us yeah um, and other and others on side questing we it feels like everybody feels like everybody in the gaming industry said the same thing which was this is just another google experiment and that yeah. none of us had no. none of us had faith that this was going to 
the problem the issue the problem with Google is that they're too big of a company and they they are so willing to pull the plug. It's the fast to fail idea. Yeah. If something looks like it's even faltering, they're like, yeah, pull the plug, whatever. We got plenty of billions of dollars to yeah. to wipe that away, and it doesn't affect our bottom line because we have AdSense and search. Yeah. And it's yeah, like Alphabet's not like hurting for it. Yeah, the, exactly. The Stadia's closure so, did absolutely nothing to the bottom line of Alphabet. So who gives a shit? Exactly. And so I I feel like. A smaller company, were they to do this, they would have potentially lasted a little bit longer. I think of um, if there's a company to do it, Xbox is maybe because they're a little bit more geared towards the software aspect. But I hate to say Netflix and Disney, but Netflix and Disney could make something like this work if they get their tech up. It's going to happen. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing: is that Netflix and if Netflix and Disney wanted to do it, they would have already been working on it, and they would have said something about, like, any indication that it was happening. Netflix wouldn't be doing what they've been doing in the gaming space; like, they would have been doing something different for what their approach to gaming has yeah. been, other than what it, like, you know, we we saw it recently. What was it? Last was it this year? That we saw the Netflix gaming thing, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and you know what it's there's a like little gaming mini section within Netflix's UI, and and like that's it. Um, I mean, think if they, about it. If, if I was gonna say, go ahead, if, if, if Netflix wanted to get into, they they could have put out a streaming stick, a Netflix yeah. branded fucking stick, and if destroyed the market, they never did because that's not what they care. That's not their yeah. fucking. <laughs> what they want that's not what they're interested in and i feel yeah like i don't know I, I i i feel like netflix chose the path that they wanted to take yeah. and left all the other ones behind and i don't see them circling back to say we're gonna we're gonna do game streaming now i don't know i just don't see it um they just i, I felt like their ex- inclusion of gaming is an ip focused inclusion and nothing beyond Here's our IP. Let's make games of those things that you know. They they see themselves making stories and creating um, value in that way only. Whether or not that's right is a different story. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Um, there are way more important things to talk about, such as games that we're actually games that we're actually playing. Um, and uh, I wanted to get into some of these some of these games. I'm trying to find some some videos of some things we can look at, but who should we start with? Uh, should we go with the fun stuff first with uh, do, Dobu, do, Dobu, Dobu J. You've got yeah. a game you're reviewing that's actually I do. allowed to, you could talk about. Yeah, the embargo we'll went we'll up today, so I guess. That's, Let's share that. We'll go with nice. that one first. Yeah. Because uh, Sam has something very interesting yeah. as well. He's got a secret game. I don't know what Taylor's got, but uh, and I'm just gonna do a PowerPoint presentation. Here we go. What game are you playing? <laughs> Atari Mania. Uh, this year, it, I hate that. Oh. I can't uh, believe you're playing something with Atari, dog. I know. I'm I'm astounded. Uh, especially since I'm pr- I've, I've at least said fuck Atari at least two or three times on this uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, and yet Yars Recharged is a pretty... <laughs> yeah, Yars Recharged the, kicked ass, man. The history. Uh, this mm. sucks. Mm. This game sucks. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I got upset every time I booted this up to play it some more. Uh, 
it's their anniversary special. It's not the compilation that's coming out later that I like it's what is the 50th anniversary is what we're doing yeah. right now. Yep. Uh this is their sort of like us celebrating 50 years of Atari history by making uh the worst WarioWare game we can. Um uh, it, it has the conceit of you are basically Ben Stiller at Night at the Museum. Uh, you're taking, you're watching over a museum of Atari artifacts and things, and some crazy shit starts happening, and you're there to sort of like, oh, there's dead pixels on the ground, and it starts sucking up the uh, Atari like exhibits and starts mashing them into these mini games and mm. so like you end up fighting these bosses that make you go through like a WarioWare style you know how it is where it's just like you're going to play through about 10 games and then fight a boss and uh, that's how they are except the games are all sort of like these crazy mashups of several games in one um, and it has this aesthetic sucks it's trying to be sort of like a modern day, like Atari look, where it's like four bit uh, Atari blockiness, but like with an updated aesthetic. And it's just, it never looks good. And when you play the games themselves, they all share this, they have like a unified aesthetic amongst everything. Mm. And it just, like, it doesn't work. And some of the mashups make absolutely zero sense. Like, they're, there's one that I always think of that's uh, you're just like, sometimes it's just you're playing breakout and other times it's like, oh, you're the pong paddle and there's a bunch of other pong paddles and a bunch of red balls bouncing around and you just have to move your pong paddle around to not hit any of the red balls. And you have to do this for 10 seconds because it's a micro game from like WarioWare. And then you're done. And then it goes mm. on to the next game. And it's just the most mind numbing. And everything controls like it's in mud. Nothing's snappy. So like you're playing Breakout. But like you're sort of used to the paddle um, physics from Breakout. It hasn't really changed in the, you know, 40 years that Breakout's existed. Uh, but for whatever reason, it just feels like you're like dragging it as kicking and screaming across the board. I... None of them play well. None of them look well. All of the all of the mashups are just like the ones that work are just basically the same. Like the game, like it, this is just breakout, but instead, it, like there's a spider from centipede running towards you, or you know, uh, whatever. It, it's, it's just a nightmare. It, mm. I, I cannot recommend this game at all. It is just. It is just the pits. I would I, I would much rather and play not pitfall. Yeah, no, that's Activision. So no, or no, Intellivisions. Uh, uh, don't don't you dare try to get pitfall into this. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, all of the recharged games are infinitely better than this. Yeah. So let look. If you saw this, you would have no idea what the hell is going on with a lot of these games. I mean, something with Centipede. But it's not Centipede. It's like an archery thing. And it's mm. like, chances are you're actually controlling the uh, bug in this particular screenshot. Yeah. Not the spider, but the <laughs> dragonfly. Because there are ones where you don't have to... Like, well, I, get, yeah. I mean, here's my thing is, is that, like, 
Atari doesn't really have enough to make a micro game game. Well, that, that's yeah. They they just smash it because like the main enemy of this game is like uh like Bernard Bear, which is just like mm. you know the Crystal Castles character that's gone rogue and stuff, and it's just like. I couldn't tell you what this mini game is because they reuse the assets for everything too. This could be the one where you're not you're supposed to shoot down the uh, other mm. character, or there's a good chance that some stupid bullshit's happening in this that they don't have in this screenshot, which is also a possibility. Like dodge the pong balls or something, mm. but yeah, this uh, this one is just a shooter. You're just shooting stuff. It's that one was simple enough. Uh, the writing is the one kind of uh, that strong suit in this game. It's actually pretty funny overall. Um, but like this isn't an uh, example of that writing. <laughs> uh, but for overall, it's, it's, just, mm. it's just, yeah, back to this fucking screenshot again. I, I wish I could have taken some more. I've got videos and stuff that I might have to share with you because sure some of these games are just absolute nonsense and like not in a fun way like WarioWare's nonsense is silly goofy but understandable nonsense this stuff is just like let's just let's just throw some shit in a blender and if the game works the game works if it doesn't it's not our problem uh, so <laughs> nobody's gonna buy this this isn't like anyone's this is just like this is just one of those games. This is it. it's our 50th anniversary. We got to push something out. It's a very old school video game. We were contractually obliged to yeah. <laughs> to put this yeah. out. Yeah, it's a bummer of a yeah. game, man. But um, the Atari collection that's coming out looks good. Uh, got that pre-ordered. Yeah, that looks, looks like, like it's going to be solid. So of the digital eclipse as well. Yeah, of the two anniversary things of this year, uh, that's the one that's probably going to be. <laughs> the the winner yeah. between the two and all of the recharged games they're re they're remaking one of the recharged games already yeah that's right oh my god because the original one uh didn't have missile command didn't have any of the stuff that came with later versions of recharge games so it's like instead of just like updating it we're just going to make a new version of it you get a discount command recharged if, recharged yeah and it's just like <laughs> if you if if you bought the previous one you get a discount it's it's we've we've added all of the stuff that the following recharge yeah. games included we've redesigned it from the ground up but um so it's anything it's else a, you're playing uh overwatch 2 overwatch 2 Okay. Um, kind Seriously. of technically, yeah. technically playing Overwatch two as much as somebody could be playing it. Playing right Overwatch two, I'm also playing it on the Switch because I'm an oh, idiot. Boy. Whoa! Uh, I downloaded it on as well. I had yeah. not started it though. But I didn't yeah. even know it was available on the Switch. Yeah, Ooh. baby, free to play. Um, Wait, they put two on the Switch? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yikes! That's where I've been playing it, it's the only market because if you try to buy or buy, if you try to download Overwatch Two, everywhere you go, it kind of defaults you to the forty dollars Founders Edition. Except on the Switch, it defaults you to the free to play one. It's very funny. <laughs> the only the only version that works because nobody's on it. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but I actually that's pretty much true. I I. Day one, I had a much easier time getting into a game on Overwatch 2 on the Switch than I did on my uh Catch PC. me watching over. Sam, yeah. catch me watching. It's, it's, I mean, here's the thing. 
here's the thing about Overwatch. It's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> it fine. always it's, was fine. It's what it is. Uh, this is this is the same game with less uh, characters on a team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's I, I like Overwatch. I like the aesthetic okay. of Overwatch. I like the gameplay of Overwatch, even though I'm not a big multiplayer guy, and I'm going to be tired of it uh, pretty much by the week by the time the weekend's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, or my weekend, my weekends are different, uh, but. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Overwatch 2 is fine. It's free to play. You could do a lot worse than booting up Overwatch 2 and getting in a few rounds for a minute or two and then take do what you do with Overwatch. It's all the do same. And, yeah. and well, I got my Steam Deck. That's And my, you got that's, your Steam Deck. Steam. So I, I wanted yeah. to uh, tie a little bit about what your Steam Deck experience is and Taylor, because Taylor got some on <laughs> Steam Deck stuff. You know, Did you get your dock yet? No? Oh, I thought you already got it. No, I was supposed to. They lied to me. Oh, man. Now, if you had a streaming device, uh, potentially you could just plug that into the TV. Yeah. And then you'd be totally fine. Wow. Jump scare. Jump scare. That was a good Um, All right. Steam Deck. So, Give me a quick, quick impression so far of the Steam Deck. Uh, I can play Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 uh in my the bed. good one awesome uh, uh yeah in my bed uh and then play some metal gear solid 5 right. on the toilet and uh life's good uh st- street fighter 4 did not launch so zero out of 10 really? I, yeah i booted it up and it just black screened me and i'm like it worked fine is- for me yeah i was, I was just yeah. like what the Okay. I'm sure it's. I'm I guess sure it is just, just like a PC where it's perfect yeah. for somebody and yeah. somebody else just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I, was, no, I, yeah. I, I deleted it. And I, I planned okay. on uh, downloading it again just to say it's like, eh, for all it's PC, it could have just been a bad download. <laughs> so, it may have been um, a bad load. But cool. I mean, like, I've been just trying to figure out like what my perfect uh, Steam Deck library is. Like, what's the games that I just need to have mm. on here at all times? And that's just where I'm at. Uh, and so far, it includes Metal Gear Solid 5, No Man's Sky. Uh, uh, racing games and uh, Spider Man. Uh, nice. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> Spider Man works great on it. I don't know if anyone yep. played Spider Man on the Steam Deck, but man, it works great on the, <laughs> on that thing. It's great to play Spider Man that way. Every every video game should be portable. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it's amazing but true because that's how I've been playing these big giant JRPGs. <laughs> I can't do that if it's plugged into a TV. I can't. I gotta play it portable. That's why I love the Steam Deck. I mean, that that kind of that kind of has been the the grand story of Steam Deck yeah. has been like you know because the reality is that okay you know can you settle for thirty FPS and if the answer to that is yes. Yeah. Then boy, do we have good news for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much that's that's the that's Steam Deck. That's like uh, the only time that the FPS thing really, really, really hurts me. Like I can I can cope with thirty frames per second for the most part. Uh, but w- when it's a racing game, I need it to be uh at least 60 frames per second when it's not i notice immediately <laughs> it's just yeah. so for for anything jj where you yeah. put it to 60 and it's like oh no there's frame drops and this is actually now yeah you know hampering my experience try the 40 40 trick i don't know if you've seen this I've, yeah I've, 
that. Yeah. So, yeah. So the forty forty is surprisingly, you're like, oh, this isn't sixty, but it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Excellent. We'll hear more about it over the over the coming weeks and months. As now everybody on staff except for Zach has a Steam Deck. <laughs> Um, Although that might not be for long, we'll see. Yeah, it's true. Yep, yep, yep. And JJ wasn't gonna get one. All of a sudden, he's like, "I ordered a Steam Deck." And then, like a day later, I got my Steam Deck. Yeah. Hand delivered it to you. Hand delivered. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, what have you got? Anything special? Uh, let's see. Hold on, let me pull up the list. And then we'll we'll move to Sam. After that. Two weeks ago, Sam tortured me and Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. True. Can do a uh, another guess on that if we'd like to hold that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, no. we'll, we'll see if it'll really be worth it. Um, it's all right. Um, so I'll start with the small stuff first. I played the because it's Steam Next Fest. I've only gotten into really one game. Um, I hopped on with a buddy. I played Ship of Fools, oh, cool. the demo. So it's a co op roguelike or roguelite. Um, where you're on a ship, there's four, you know, there's four positions where a cannon can go, and then there's three spots where you can put the power ups for your for your ship, whether that's ammo to replenish or some passive power ups, and then you kind of go along, you choose the route like you do in many roguelites. And then you have to shoot the cannon at things and make sure that your ship doesn't burn. Um, uh, and it was a lot of fun for a co-op game, um, you know, especially for the kind of 40 minutes that we got in a, in a little demo there. Uh, yeah, there's melee combat as well in case the, uh, the enemies come on board. Um, you know, pretty well defined for... Uh, pretty nice aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, yes, that is good. Like, everything works for what you would, you, you know, when you hop onto a demo like this and it's co-op, you're like, okay, you know, we've got something that's already kind of on its, well on its way. So you can, the, you saw the snippets of what the map looks like there. So, you know, that's, you know, what we expect for roguelikes at this point on kind of how they maneuver. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Cool. Um, in that same vein, Unrailed is a game uh, that's also a co-op roguelike. Uh, that was free on Epic a while back. It had been on my Steam wish list for a while because I like roguelikes and I also like playing co-op games. And so naturally, it was on my wish list. I've been playing that with a buddy for the past week, and. Uh, for a two-button game, you know, it's a, literally it's move and uh, you know pick up and put down, and that's it. Um, everything else is just by proximity. Um, I guess there's technically a dash button. That's what the second button is. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, this, uh, I, I was walking past the booth at PAX East years ago, and they yeah. said, "You got it." Take a look at this game because nobody had stopped by to take a look at it because train games really weren't popular at the moment. And they said, uh, this isn't really a train game. This is like this mad co-op experience. Thing. It's, yeah, it's definitely not a train game. Like the, the train is just kind of like yeah, the background. It really um, is. But uh, and it, 
I was kind of glued to it. I'm like, oh my god, this game is really interesting, and I could. Not it is fun. It's fun. Um, so it's just been me and me and one of my buddies playing it. Um, and there are, you know, there's real strategies associated with it. Um, it's also like difficult. You know, we we we've kind of crashed a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, other than that. Hold on. I'm just going through my various game launchers to make sure that I haven't forgotten anything. Transportation. You got ships, you got trains. I completely forgot about uh, I completely forgot about the Steam Next Fest. And it's like, oh, I could have talked about a lot more things. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, you you've already we've already passed you, it's too late. Yeah. Um I'm just pulling up my Xbox to make sure I didn't play anything from Game Pass. Lately, up oh, Sable leaves in five days. I oh, should finish that. Yeah. I should finish that. Um, no, nothing else. In uh, okay, so I guess I guess that's it. All right. So lastly, um, and this is two weeks in the making because technically the embargo lifted on September twenty seventh, mm-hmm. uh, which was Domekeeper. So we got a code. We got a code for Domekeeper. And I've been playing it a lot. Hold on, let me pull up Dome Keeper. How many? How much time do I have in Dome Keeper? Um, I got twenty hours in Dome Keeper, which, like, on one hand, maybe is not that much considering the t- the date that I just released. But keep in mind how stretched my time is, which is not very much. Uh, and Dome Keeper is really, really solid of of a video game. It is. So the the general, I'll describe it. So you your dome crash lands. You're trying to mine resources. Uh, that's that's the whole premise. It's kind of you know dig dug where you've got to drill down. There's you know various strata. The deeper you go, the harder it is to dig. But within kind of each layer of strata, there's different hardness of rock. So right. So sometimes you'll have um, soft rock in the top strata. Sometimes you'll have soft rock in the second strata. You know, so you can kind of see where it would overlap where, you know, it might take three hits to hit something in the top layer. But if you find the soft stuff down lower, it'll still only take three hits. But the hard stuff in the top level takes way less hits than the hard stuff in the lower levels. Um, and then so you find resources, you upgrade your dome, you upgrade the weapons to prevent you from getting completely beaten by the stuff that's trying to break your dome because you crash landed on their planet and are trying to um, steal all of their stuff. But from a game perspective, Dome Keeper is just like, I don't know, it's like pure good game stuff. It's so simple um, but refined in the, in the same stroke. So, you know, it's a pure I am versus it's, it's, it's like how how much are you going to spend you know digging versus defending and where are you going to put your precious resources to upgrade your various um resource or you know how are you going to spend your various resources are you going to make yourself be able to dig faster? Are you going to make yourself be able to defend better? Um, and it just works really, really well. 
Um, the roguelike portion of the game, you know, it's by playing it more, you don't necessarily make yourself more powerful in the next run. But what you do is give yourself more options, which in some ways is more powerful uh, because, you know, if you have a bad combination of upgrades, sometimes that can feel weaker. But it's not like by playing more, you say, okay, well, now you can, you know, now upgrading is more efficient or, you know, it's not like that kind of game, like Rogue Legacy, where, you know, the next time that you play, your character is just literally more powerful. It's not like that. But what it is, is you learn more as you play, and then the next time you might have access to a different upgrade path, which might make the, the game a little bit more uh, straightforward for you. Um yeah, I don't know. Don't keep us really good. I, you know, I, I find it for especially for anybody that likes roguelike games, hard to not recommend. Um, it is a, a standout for sure. It's like it's just good game design. Right? Yeah, I, it's it's just it's it's just it's just yeah it's just pure yeah then that was exactly. Um, that's that's what really made it stand out to both, I think, everybody that was at PAX East was that you sat down for 30 minutes and you're, you knew within the first five exactly what you were doing and within the first 10 that you wanted to keep playing it. Like, you know, that's kind of the, the progression is you know exactly what you're going to do and you're like, okay, now it's good. And it doesn't take that long to go from one to the other. Yep. Good game. Don't keep her. And uh, and yeah, and that's that's uh, that's all I've been playing this week. Excellent. Well, I'm gonna hop in real quick with a game I've been playing, but then we're gonna transition to Sam with his ultra secret stuff. So I've actually been playing a game. <clears throat> I completed Xenoblade Chronicles two. I've been doing a little bit of other things here and there, and then I realized, you know, I never, I had the uh, before I dive into Xenoblade three, I've got to finish the DLC for Xenoblade two, and I had bought the Xenoblade Chronicles two. Torna, the Golden Country, as a separate um, standalone game thing. So it's about a 17-hour game if you're sort of just kind of running through the story um, with minimal side quests and stuff. And then it's uh, it can get all the way up to like 30, 35 hours with all the extra side quests and things. So for those <clears throat> folks that have never played Xenoblade Chronicles 2, there's a lot of gotcha involved. Where you're kind of collecting these things called blades. You're a driver. You collect the blade, which is sort of your extra weapon character. It's like a, 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 um, a companion that plays along with you, um, an AI. And so Torna takes away all the gotcha stuff and just <clears throat> puts these blades right in your party. And you can actually control them in this game. It's actually kind of cool. It's much more because they've had to pare it down and scale it down to the size. You can't, you can't make another like 60 hour game, of course. They took out all that extra, like, stuff that people didn't like the gotcha aspect <laughs> and just said, Hey, you get these blades. Oh my God. We can just make a video game. It's and crazy. Um, and so uh, obviously the, you, you go around the, the world still feels giant, but it's, it's smaller areas that you're in. I'm about 11 hours, 12 hours into the game right now. I'm zipping along because I like to get OP very quickly and <laughs> jack up my uh, experience levels and then go, you know, continue afterwards. But um God, it, even a game that's from 2018, 27, 2018 is when this first came out. It still looks really good. I mean, they, one thing about the Monolith Soft 
they know how to do games. And I think, um, yeah. like Final Fantasy, like visuals, Final Fantasy, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? It's, is it, um, Nomura did, Nomura-san did some character designs for this and for Xenoblade 2. And so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it just kind of fills in a little bit of the backstory of the, like, the characters that you meet throughout Xenoblade 2. So after I had my 120 hours in a Xenoblade 2, um, you play this game. Functions the same way, battles the same way. The only rub against it is that half of the missions that you have to do are legit fetch quests. So it's like, oh, hey, by the way, I know we have to figure out how this uh, how this guy is about to blow up the planet. Can uh, but but this base is hungry. Can you get five acorns and six trout, please? And that's the only way to progress the story is to get five acorns and six trout. And it's like, yeah, the world's on fire. But I'm gonna go after these acorns. It's like, eh, you guys could have didn't really need to do that. But um, other than that, I'm actually kind of I mean, I'm really enjoying just how compact this game is. So yeah, good stuff. Um, hey, let's move on to Sam. <clears throat> Sam the man. Uh, uh what do you want to talk about? Because you want you want to go right into the secret game, or did you want to talk about something else? No, I mean we can just talk about the secret. So we're we're gonna do we're gonna do the real secret game, right? The actual the what I told you last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one you told me. Yep. Okay. All right, you ready? Hold on to your butts. Yeah, Here I was gonna say. Uh all right, so let's uh remind me hold on before we go on. Remind me like I remember you gave us the criteria. Hey, pay me the picture before we give me before you give me the title. Sure, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I don't remember the clue I gave you last time off air. Uh, it was I, I, like it was survival horror and mid oh, two thousand early yeah twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. Yeah. I think yeah. is the range I gave you. Yeah. So okay, so let's okay. Uh, well, first of all, I, I think I'm gonna start a reoccurring segment uh, every time I'm on the show because I'm not on the show very often, um, and I think that's gonna be called uh, something about like angering the gamers TM or something like that, like. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what it's going to be called, but let's let's start. Um, and I'm going to say uh, right off the bat that I am being 100% sincere with everything that I'm about to say about. Sh should I load uh, the should I load the video for this and then get it going? Well, you... I, I, go I'll, ahead, go ahead. I'll reveal the name and then you can you can show it. it. So, um, this game that I'm about to talk about is a not really a sequel, but a follow up to one of the best games of this generation uh and running on one of the best um probably technical engines that were created during this time uh take a guess what this, <laughs> <laughs> this game uh uh was received critically poorly um and Very uh poorly. was uh was also maybe controversial i'd say upon its release uh this game of course uh being uh metal gear solid survive oh my god dude was was metal gear solid survive a survival horror yeah uh, yeah I, yeah it uh, was survival like horror x tower defense it's like uh, rust <laughs> hey if you read the original pitch for what fortnite was supposed to be before <laughs> battle royal uh, you would have almost the exact same premise. Are you talking about? Uh, are you talking about? Survive, I'm sorry. Save the world. 
Hello? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Fortnite saved the world. I, I am still waiting. I'm still waiting for the free version of Save the World to launch, by the way. <laughs> um, regardless of Epic Sins, uh, this sin was committed by Konami. Uh, while Kojima, most people forget, it started life while Kojima was still at was Konami. Still uh, but he said that he wasn't a part of it because he did not see zombies uh, within the Metal Gear universe. Um, I, I, which, which I love to include because you know for a fact if, if he saw zombies potentially coexisting, he'd be like, yeah, I would do this. Yeah. So, so let me, there's, it's like the only reason why it didn't happen. So let I me mean, give like, you the pitch. But also, from... like Metal Gear Solid Five did have the wandering puppets, which weren't that far removed from zombies. <laughs> Listen, yeah. if the zombies were instead a result of um, nano machines, boom, it would have been fine. Give us your pitch. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So what we need to keep in mind is that this game released in 2018. And it was a fresh time that Kojima had like just gone and left Konami. It was very public. It was very brutal. And what yeah. doesn't help is that this game basically uses it is basically a mod on uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, there's no way around it. They reuse both maps in that game. The only thing they don't reuse is like the mother base template. Um, everything else, you know, there's Africa. There's uh, what. Um, if, is it Afghanistan? Is that yeah. where they're at? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so everything's everything's reused except for some animations are brand new because there's poking weapons uh, in this game uh, and such. Uh, so it's pitched as a co-op survival game, um, and in some aspects it uh, it is, um, and in some aspects it absolutely isn't. Um, so. You can play co-op from almost the word go. Um, but to get access to the different classes in the game and to what is the best weapons and a completely different game type that you can't play until you beat what is the normal single-player story. Uh, and that story is roughly like 15 to 20 hours long. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, however, what's there is actually a decent game. Um, because it's running on the Fox engine, so the engine performs very well. Uh, it's uh, it's using Metal Gear Solid 5's uh, movement system, and guess what? That was pretty good. Um, and it's using all of its mechanics, as you can see in this trailer that we're watching, <laughs> uh, as well as some third-person action stuff with uh, sticks and machetes and hammers and all types of weapons. Um, and it's insane how good the game is to actually play with friends online. Uh, it is $6. They are still releasing uh, not content updates, but seasonal like sort of mm. events and stuff like that yeah. within. Um, and, are they um, really? It's still they playing are, yeah. online pretty significantly. Uh, and it gets sold for $6 on PSN occasionally. Uh, and basically every other platform that it's on. Uh, I think that this game is actually really good. Uh, it weirdly, <laughs> I, I wonder, it's very strange playing the game in the retrospect that, uh, Death Stranding has come out since this, yeah. because there is stuff in that game, in Metal Gear Survive, that 
if you would have told me they had built thinking that they were making Death Stranding after Metal Gear Solid Five and didn't get a chance to, and that was just in the engine and they used it in this, I'd believe you. Um, <laughs> there is some like wild stuff that like I, I I don't know. I highly recommend either looking up the story of this game or playing it for yourself. Uh, I actually don't. Uh, I, I don't actually ask you to sit through it yourself. The acting is terrible. Um, <laughs> but it does try to do Metal Gear stuff, which is the funniest thing ever because it does Metal Gear stuff in the same way that like a high schooler draws anime characters uh, from watching <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and it's it's kind of dope, like in the same yeah. way that you Man, what a, what a way to describe a video you know game. You know how yes, I know exactly what you mean. That's why it's so good. Yeah, you know, one in five of those kids is now like has you know is drawing uh, pony stuff that's doing really well. Uh, but like you know that kid, you could see back then they were like you like whoa, dude, your drawing of Vegeta was very good, and that's what Metal Gear Survive is. It is the cool drawing of anime that your friend did in high school, and now oh he, you know, now he makes web comics or something. Uh, and has a really good Patreon that's working out for him. <laughs> um, sells, sells a lot of stickers at the convention center. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this game is easy to come by. Uh, the yeah. servers are still online. Um, and even if the servers get pulled, I still think there's enough like single player stuff. Because what's wild is like the game spends... like Basically, what is the main story of this game is just setting up how to play this game for new game plus or whatever like post game they want to call it. So like the, the first like 20 hours is just, here's how you go out into the world and get resources. This is how you build a base. This is how you defend your base. Uh Oh, we took your base away from you to do missions. Oh, we gave you your base back. This is cool. Now do this online, but way more frantically with way more danger because now you have four people. Uh, and you start with like pokey weapons and, oh, I've got a bow and arrow too. Now all of a sudden I have a bow and arrow that can shoot elemental arrows. I have guns that have elemental types to them. Um, there's like monsters that have elemental shields and elemental stuff on them. It's a survival and tower defense game. Um, on, honestly, if you loved what the pitch was for save the world was for Fortnite, this is that. This is that game. That game exists for you, and it's $6.99 on PSN or whatever thing during any sale that comes up. There's a, I guarantee you there's going to be a fall sale. If this game is not $6.99, I'll pay the difference. <laughs> I promise you. Like, it's it's going to be available. And I'll you can, pay the difference. You can play it on PlayStation, of, and they yeah. still have – you'll sign in, and you'll get a sign-in bonus because it's like, thanks for coming in online. Uh, and, you know, if you come, Human. if you sign in enough here, you get a skin for big boss from a real Metal Gear game that you do love. So, like, we're going to make, I, we're going to get this game trending again. It's insane. Yeah. I, I highly recommend playing it. I, I like, I'm not saying, let me say right out. If you're a Metal Gear fan and you're going to go into this thinking this is a Metal Gear game, you're wrong. It's not. It is a it is a mod that is using one of the best games of the last generation to provide you a mediocre story with a, mm -hmm. a 7.5 at best gameplay loop. Um, That's 7 that out of 10, man. It, if you can get enough people to play that 7.5 with you, it becomes a 9. So that's, That is true. Yeah. 
because you're playing you're playing a a, a more aggressive version of metal gear 5 where yep. stealth is an option but you're most likely going to be aggression right like that's <laughs> that's your choice um and then there's a class system you want to be the archer ranger of the game you can be you want to be like the tech guy who builds all the defenses and has like spinny saw blade things and electrical fences and barricades that will push zombies in specific directions like it's nuts it's it, this this game this game is a tower defense like co-op dream uh and got looked over and shamed because it was a quote-unquote cash money grab um that was just oh, it, it was which it absolutely was but it's a good one <laughs> so, so I can assure you, so is the majority of Konami's other projects. <laughs> I uh, I would say that it was overlooked, and if you're you and your friends are looking for a game that isn't constantly crashing online the day it comes out, because it's been out for <laughs> four odd years at this point, <laughs> it's stable, baby. Go and play it. Um, Honestly, there's stuff to do. There's it's stuff to stable, unlock. Baby. <laughs> Meet me in the fields. <laughs> Meet me in the fields, baby. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Shocker uh, of shockers. Jesus. It's, well, and it's it's not like you have a lot of uh, choices for your Metal Gear gameplay on PC. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, especially right now. Yeah, with all the great work True. that Konami's doing, getting that back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Konami's really pushing for it. They're really going to make stuff happen. And if the Fox yeah. engine only gets used for like three projects, the least you can do is engage with those three projects. And I know you're not engaging with the Pachinko machine, so get on Metal Gear Survive. If only. If I only. I just opened up Steam on my phone, and it's thirty dollars right now. So there you go. It will go you on sale. You got twenty four dollars I'll add it to my wish list so I get the email. I also, you. I also cannot tell you. I, I guarantee you, it's not cross save or cross progression because that would be too much. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know what it's going to be on PC. But I can tell you, PSN it's sold it for six ninety nine. Probably on Stadia. St that would have saved Stadia if it was on there. Just, just embed. Metal Gear Survive. Well, um, speaking of games to play on your PC, in a horrible, uh, horrible segue, when you're at your PC, you're probably sitting on something. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, JJ, what are you sitting on on your uh, when you're when I'm, you're I'm podcasting with us? I'm, I'm my butt. Uh, what do you mean? Like, okay. Uh, oh, you mean oh, you mean my horrible, awful uh, uh, gamer chair that was designed for cars, not three yeah. hours on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, our podcast will last three hours. So you have a gamer chair. You bought? Why'd you buy it? Uh, because it looks Cheers. cool. Ryan Gannon says, "Yes, <laughs> literally, only bought it because of the aesthetics. That is one hundred percent the only reason." It is a you think a you think that you think this pillow does anything? No, no, no. 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 <laughs> Taylor, what are you sitting on? Kind of sitting on, uh, I guess the logo doesn't show up. I'm sitting on the uh, the Herman Miller and body. Love it. There you go. Someone uh, ash money, but this works. I uh, yeah. I mean, I I invested. In myself good because if you don't invest in your chair uh right now your back is going to pay for it and you're you should you should invest in your body early on by getting yourself a good chair um 
Ryan says he, you know, he has he got an IKEA chair. It's just fine. Sell me on a good one. Um, I was I'm telling. Saying, I was. I, was, I, was, I got good. This, go ahead. I got the secret lab Titan that I'm sitting on. I was. I was telling Gally uh, beforehand because I know what I know. This whole thing that this whole bit that we're doing, uh -huh. but, uh, how I actually a play bit. games would make everyone very upset. Yeah. And it's the fact that I don't use a chair at all. I sit on the fucking floor like a child. Like, like that. Sam lost it. I just like how he presented that. I was also thinking in my head, the absolute worst way to be like, and this is where I game is like, if you set up like a Walmart kiosk at your house and you had the controller and, and you had to look yeah. up Standing, looking yes. up. He has yeah. one of those old, like a GameStop, Nintendo, Super yeah. Nintendo uh, sections. Uh, yeah, Sam, but like all of in? my systems are in a plastic uh, dome. I also <laughs> sit in a uh, fuck. <laughs> I was gonna. Uh, I'm nice. in a bunch of, <laughs> no, I didn't want to cuss. I've been trying to cut back. Uh, I'm I'm sitting in a uh, chair that is a knockoff. Um, I guess gamer racer chair. Okay. Um, but also because I was promised on the uh, lower back lumbar support, which I'll say to this chair's credit, lower back lumbar mm. is fine. Um, the problem on this chair is there is absolutely no ass cushion. Uh, and I've Good. got you never do. I've yeah. got uh, and if this if the cat with the bread doesn't give it away, I have an absolute <laughs> donk. So like it's I a big need old donk, yeah. That like uh, uh like gets. <laughs> some support and this chair's got to go at some point here soon but he, the problem is and i'm sure we'll talk about it how much is that secret labs chair how much this secret lab chair was 399 um and uh which is actually it's wow. about right in the middle price wise wow, in terms of amazing. Four, four <laughs> so let's talk about gamer chairs um i've been yeah. talking about them I uh, let me hide that. I'm gonna leave the Sam's tumescent looking at this right this now. This is Sam, <laughs> Sam. Get the get the towel. No, so I design. Where do you seats even put for that? A living. That's the yeah. problem. There you go. I design seats for a living. Uh, car car chairs, car seats uh, that people miserable. sit in. Um, this is miserable. This is totally a freaking. Uh, uh, this is like a you're... Red Bull branded. Um, it looks like you're supposed to put your it. legs in stirrups or something like you're going to get right? examined. <laughs> so people will talk about gamer chairs and everyone has this like, uh, he, you know, he likes grandma's voice. Um, we talked about the, the, the ones that we own, which are very car looking. Well, I want to talk to you guys about why, first of all, why seats are the way they are. The history. A lot of folks, I was listening to a couple podcasts recently, a couple read a couple articles. People don't know where gamer chairs come from, why they look the way. They, yes, we do. I'll tell you. I'll explain. <laughs> then I'll tell you what you need to look for in a gamer chair. And finally, I'll give you a couple options um, of of what that is. So first and foremost, let's stick off to this. Yeah. <laughs> it all starts here. The Grand Track 10 1974 Atari racing game. Now, there are other racing games, and there have been other mechanical car racing things in, in the past since like 1900 position. <laughs> pole position this the big thing about this one steering wheel and shifter right so you're and there's even the little pedals on the ground too now this game is very simple you're just kind of running around a track it's like the early rc pro-am single screen just avoid the oil slick but the fact that it used a steering wheel uh 
because people wanted to feel as if they're actually use driving a car. It became really popular, right? Really popular in in, in arcades. So much so that pole position two yeah. that came out in '83. They had the whole frick. I mean, they already had the rig set up, right? By, by the time, not even 10 years later, you were sitting inside a vehicle with the shifter, with the steering wheel, uh, and, you know, enjoying this, enjoying this racing experience. Well, that started getting really popular. Um, Indy 500 in 89, I have this game. I had the game on my old Tandy. Um, it's, uh, this is, I think this is the Amiga version that they're showing there. It is a the first real sim racing game, and it has like all the freaking bells and whistles of the time, and more so in terms of just information about the vehicle, speeding up, slowing down, changing gears, going. You know, it's very quote unquote realistic at the time, and this was on PC. It was at home. They started thinking we want to bring that realistic experience. Well, you can't really sit on a stool or a dining room chair. And right, and remember back then, there was no such thing as a home office. It was literally, you're sitting in the den. So you're probably sitting in like something with four legs or, you know, a dining chair. Um, yeah, it's got wicker on it, whatever Exactly, it exactly. <laughs> About a year or so later, the infamous Thrustmaster came out. And the Thrustmaster, I remember when this came out, everybody was losing their minds. You can now play racing games. You can play... This game from a few years earlier, as if you were actually in the car steering wheel. They used to have the life size steering wheels. Realize, yeah, you don't need anything that big. Um, steering wheel shifter pedals. Now all of a sudden, people could race at home. Uh, and those early racing games, like I said, they, they allowed for peripherals like this. It wasn't just controllers and joysticks and mouse and keyboard. People actually wanted to mount these things. So folks were. Early on, um, mounting stuff because a lot of times computers are still plugged into the TVs in your homes, like the Commodores and stuff were plugged in. People were mounting these to coffee tables. I remember going to my buddy's house in like 93, 94. He had these things mounted his coffee table. And whenever his parents wanted to watch TV, he had to disassemble this whole thing and take it away. So uh, <clears throat> they started saying, you know, what if what, we have these these sticks? I want the actual car experience, right? I want I want to be in an actual car. Let me buy some bucket seats. So there was actually, there's like some documented evidence out there that shows that people started buying, not only buying, but they were raiding garbage dumps and, um, uh, you know, places with beat up cars and just taking the old car seats and bring them home, racing seats, bring them home and mounting them to uh, plywood rigs and setting these things up so that they could have this car experience. That was like really dedicated fans, right? Um, you could you back in this time frame. You could look in the back of yeah. the magazines and see yeah, like go to people a, totally selling these like kits out of their garage yep. and stuff. Yeah. Totally, uh, and you, junkyard. I'm people with junkyard hop and go go get go get seats. Um, let me tell you a little bit about about seats first and foremost. Right, you got the head restraint in the car seat, shoulder support. Those big old holes in there are really for five the harness point, to yeah. come through. Five-point yeah. harness because it's a racing seat. You have those – people call them wings. They're actually called bolsters, right? Yeah. Cushion bolsters, seatback bolsters. They protect you from going side to side at, and making turns in high speeds. The lumbar uh, – on a seat, the lumbar is probably the most crucial thing next to the recline. Um, the recline pivot, speaking of which, that's the, the point where the seat back 
reclines on the cushion. And then we have these things in the actual aesthetic portion called the tie downs. And what they are is the shit that holds the material to the seat, usually to the foam or to the frame or whatever. All of this makes a car seat, makes a racing seat, right? You need to have all this stuff in there. Um, you can have molded seats that kind of accomplish some of these things, but all of this is what gives you a comfortable seat. But they're important. They're designed that way because a car <laughs> fucking moves. You're, you're not in a fucking car in your house. Like I said, people started mounting these car and racing seats uh, to all these accessories. And like you said, JJ, they were building up these rigs. People are selling these rigs. I went to uh, you know businesses and and office spaces. We're putting these things together. My company um, in the early two thousands, uh, when the first you know first Forza games are coming out, racing games, PS two games, um, Grand Turismo, we had rigs like this set up in our office <clears throat> that we had purchased with the seats that we built up. Well, seats that we were going to throw out, we were just kind of pitching them on there. We had these little racing rigs that we created at lunchtime, and we would, we would play PS two. Um, so gaming chairs were essentially car seats because that's the nobody was gaming. Nobody was looking for a specific chair outside of this type of thing, right? You otherwise just sat in an office chair or sat on your couch or like the like a man child you sat on your floor, JJ. Oh, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually people said, you know what? Um, I don't want to take up all the space, so I'm just going to mount this to a. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, my old, uh, dumb Meyer or Ikea chair base. I'm just going to jam that post up into the seat. Bam. So in front of a computer, people were taking these racing seats, putting this, the, uh, the pedestals, putting them on the pedestals, task chairs, which are typical office chairs, which you have in every office, way more comfortable, far more comfortable, but they're designed for an office. And we want the look and feel of a racing game. Again, let me take it back. Racing seats look this way because they're important for safety because a car fucking moves. You don't need bolsters on your seat. You don't need a head restraint on your seat. You don't need location for a harness. You don't need shoulder support on your seat. You need a fucking comfortable seat. You don't know what comfort is, brah, right? You don't know what comfort is. One more reminder. You don't know what comfort is. Get a good chair. Get a good chair. So how long do you sit at your desk? JJ, how, when you're sitting at a desk throughout the day, what are the typical stretches? Um, obviously, this podcast is three hours long. Yeah. So. This, is the longest, this is the longest I'll sit at a desk. I work in an office. Okay. I don't work in a typical office environment. Good. I'm on my feet so you, most of the time. So you're so. on your feet most of the time. So when you're yeah. sitting, it's really for a focus. When you're gaming, do you typically sit in a gaming chair or on the ground? You sit on the ground. Uh, so, on the I have, I have, yeah. I have, like, I, He's got like perfectly good floor space. Yeah. <laughs> That's on the ground. That's on the ground. I got a nice cushion. Go. I got, there you I go. got stuff going on here. Uh, uh, Taylor, you're, you're in a very nice chair. How, 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 how many hours a day are you sitting in front of a computer? It, probably on average at least 12. 12 hours a day. Uh, Sam, how about yourself? Yeah, probably be like six to eight. Yep, same. It, it, you got an eight-hour workday and then workday and leisure. For most of us, it's workday and leisure, right? Six to eight plus extra. Um, you're in a chair for a long fucking time. <laughs> don't fuck with your back. The most important thing you can do with your chair, with your life, 
I'm not even kidding you, for your health is get a good chair because you're sitting the whole time. Don't get those under seat exercise things. They don't work. You know, they will, <laughs> people try to put the stupid treadmills. They try to put the little, uh, you know, the elliptical shit. Don't. Just get a good chair because your body is always moving. Now, these are things you must have. I put the Secret Lab, Lab Titan in there because everyone thinks Secret Lab is like the coolest gamer chair on the planet because they have a Overwatch seat and they have a Cyberpunk seat, so they're awesome. But what you must have, you need to have an integrated adjustable lumbar. The lumbar, the lower back thing, has to be built in. Don't get a pillow like JJ was showing because those <laughs> do not give you actual yeah. support. They don't give yeah, you support. Yeah, things on the floor all the it's time. On the floor. <laughs> it's it's the stupid shit. <laughs> Pay that, and they're they're not that expensive. But, uh, seats with this with adjustable lumbar, but get one that's integrated and adjustable. Also, get something with recline. So you want to be able to recline the seat back, and you want to you want it to recline as your recline. The one thing I do like about this this, this Titan is that. As I'm reclining back, the cushion is moving as well. You don't want just the seat back to recline. You want the cushion to move as well. Because if the seat back is reclining, your body, your spine is opening up at the wrong angle because your legs do need to stay in line with your back. So your legs open up. You're going to recline all the way back. Your shirt's going to come untucked. So the folks that know that work in office environments, a lot of times you sit in the seat, you'll get back up. Your shirt's been completely untucked in the back because... It's not in line. So definitely get something with recline. While you're at it, if you don't have something where the cushion will automatically tilt, get something that has cushion tilt to it, something that you can adjust the cushion angle. Don't sit on a flat cushion. Make sure that cushion is always tilted so you get the blood flow into your ass cheeks, right? Your knees have to be above 90 degrees. Uh, a lot of folks will say 90 is okay. no. Have your legs, your knees up above 90 degrees, above your hips. So get those in. Adjustable armrests are really good to have because um, not necessarily for the height or the comfort, but because you're going to be jamming them underneath your desk a lot. So you want to be able to either get them above the desk or well below that you're not going to be crashing into the desk. You talked about the your butt and uh, and the the shitty foam you sit on. You definitely you do want firm foam because if you want your seat to last any extra time longer than a couple months, get a firmer foam. But if you have the other stuff, you have recline, you have cushion tilt, you have integrated lumbar, your foam on your seat will stay stiff and you won't get that strain on your ass cheeks, which goes up in your back. So that firmer foam will last. You won't mess up your back if you have some of these other things to do. By the way, get curvature. Don't sit like the secret lab seat right now. It's just a flat piece of foam. There is no curvature for my butt. So I'm getting a lot of like pressure on my ass cheeks. I'm saying butt and ass cheeks. Who cares? I'm getting a lot of pressure on there where I shouldn't have that pressure. It's not being, per, you know, so, not being dis dispersed correctly. So, Dali, you, why, why, you bought the, you bought the, Secret Lab. Though. I did. I bought it. Why? Because uh, I I bought it for the for research. Okay, so I I here's here's what happened to me. I was I too I too have bought gamer merchandise yeah. no, for so research. I, I had a um I had been sitting on a really really crappy plastic uh, chair that we had bought from like Meyer for like fifty bucks somewhere Meyer Sam's Club whatever fifty dollar chair. 
thin office chair. That foam got so bad um, that sitting in that seat for at, when the pandemic hit those first few months messed up my back so much that my sciatica went out and I couldn't walk from end of June through to middle of September. I couldn't walk. I was in extreme pain and I attribute it to longer periods of sitting and sitting on a really shitty chair. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna buy an awesome chair. You know, I'll go buy myself an embody or I'll buy myself a, a, a you know, an air on chair or something. I thought, wait a minute. Um, my back's already messed up right now. Let's mess it up even more. Uh, no, I said, I, I, there's value in me discussing, um, gamer chairs to people. And I don't have a lot of money to, um, buy a bunch of different chairs. So I thought, let me start with a typical gamer chair because I being, being someone who works in seats, I can hack apart this thing and make it comfortable for myself. So I'm like, let me get a gamer chair. Let me get this Titan. See how this fits. If it works, if it doesn't work, I can just strip it, fix it, get it to fit right. Add some shit on there. I have parts in my garage. Um, so I can make this chair function. I can make it from a $400 chair to a, you know, a $1,500 chair fairly quickly with all the shit that I have. So that's why I bought this chair with the explicit idea that I want to see what people are sitting on and understand why they're buying these types of chairs. <clears throat> they're not buying them for comfort. There's zero comfort advantages to these chairs, strictly buying them for what JJ did and what I saw every freaking person do when the cyberpunk chair came out, when the Game of Thrones chair came out, they buy it because it looks good on stream. That's it. It looks really cool on camera. These wings look really cool. They call them wings. They're shoulders. They look really oh, no. cool on camera. You don't need any of that. Do not misconstrue me buying this on aesthetics yeah. for anybody but myself. <laughs> I do not buy this for it to look good on camera. I bought exactly. it because it look it looks good in the room, and ninety percent of yes. what I do is for aesthetics. So ninety percent of the reason that people, I would say ninety five percent of the reason people buy this is aesthetics. Yeah. It's not for function, you know. Again, no. I will say one more thing: must have go with cloth. Go with cloth because because vinyl, which is what this is, or sorry, vegan leather, which is vinyl. And leather, <laughs> leather shitty in, in the first place, but vinyl doesn't breathe very well. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna get hot, especially in the summertime. It's gonna be very uncomfortable in these things in the hot room. Get a cloth seat. It will they get dirty, but it's cloth. You don't care because it's cloth. So um, get a cloth seat. It's definitely preferable. And then nice to have. Get a neck rest. Having a little pillow thing is fine. I never really use it because I'm never leaning back. JJ, you're leaning forward. Taylor, you're a little bit more upright, which is probably the right way to sit it. Most people are actually leaning forward and they're slouched over their desk. They're not, they're not making enough contact with their seat. One day I'll talk about that. So <laughs> getting a neck rest is okay. An adjustable head restraint, sure, whatever. You're never going to use those. Yeah. Cushion slide. A lot of people like to have the cushion slide because they have longer legs that you could probably do. Um, but avoid big bolsters like that Titan. Avoid the shoulder supports. And like I talked about those tie downs holding material down avoid loose material this titan has it's just one big chunk of loose material in the middle um if you're wearing the wrong kind of shirt or something that has something on it, it will poke and rip this thing and it'll get yanked out of there it'll be very loose and the 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 problem with it being loose is that the material will start to wear down very quickly over time which will affect your comfort in fact if it wrinkles your back's going to have issues right away wrinkles actually affect uh, affect pressure disbursement. Finally, um, let's get into some suggestions that I have. 
the Corsair T3. I was really surprised. So I went to, uh, there's a place nearby called the Relax Your Back. Um, and it's a lot of places, a lot of cities have these stores. Basically, it's like a, a store designed to uh, sell you upscale seating for <clears throat> for improving your back. Surprisingly, there's some pretty cool stuff there. Um, so I went and tested a lot of the chairs they had. Then I went around and <clears throat> went to some stores. I went to Best Buy. I went to like Office Depot. Um, and I called around a couple friends to see what kind of chairs they have. Um, and then just a little bit of research from what the stuff offers. The, I would take this Corsair. It doesn't look as nice as the Titan. I would take that $299 Corsair over this Titan. It's made of cloth. It may be suede-ish. I don't know. But um, it uh, its bolsters are kind of minimized. So you're, you don't have this big giant. I'm not going around corners unless I'm racing this seat down a, you know, down a, a ramp. Um, there's plenty of space in there. It actually has a little bit of curvature to the back because of how it's set up. Um, it has an articulating lumbar, uh, articulating armrests, and it has some decent recline. So for 300 bucks, I would get that over, over this guy. And I, I think it's at his cloth. Um, that Cougar Argo, right? So what I definitely like about this Argo is the curvature in, in this sucker, right? So it's mesh. I'm not the biggest fan of mesh seats because they're, depending on how they're designed, they, the, it, the mesh material isn't always the best. But uh, again, you might feel the plastic around the edges there that are kind of framing it. But the mesh seats definitely curve and con conform to your body better. This The Cougar Argo has enough curvature in that um, lumbar area. Uh, it's a beautifully adjustable lumbar. There's a lot of mechanism in the cushion. What I like about this is as you recline, the seat actually will recline down and away and the cushion will adjust, which is the way you want to do it, which prevents the, the tuck. Um, it's 500 bucks. Looking back now, I would have got that seat instead of, and that's a gamer chair. I would have got seat, that seat instead of this this Titan for three ninety nine. I think that's a very good deal for a lot of the comfort stuff that you want in a seat. Finally, the Herman the, the Embody chair. Don't buy the gamer version <laughs> because <laughs> it's literally just a. It's like the branding they threw on there and jacked the price up like three hundred dollars extra. Um, I will say I I did actually buy the gamer version because yeah, yeah. it was the Sam cheapest. It, it was the cheapest option at the time. Okay, it, but I will say it is a phenomenal chair. It really is. It's yeah. fifteen hundred bucks. This is I mean when I when I first did this fifteen hundred bucks, you can actually get them cheaper now. Um, it is a there he is. All right, he's back. It is a <laughs> it is a great great chair it because it's not designed as a gamer chair it's designed for being at your desk for eight plus hours a day it's that's what the seat is you don't want a seat that um is going to be good the corsair is going to be good for you know an hour and a half two hours max uh and for the day um the secret lab tightens the same way uh this i'm been shifting my weight a lot during this podcast because i'm sitting in a shitty seat uh, the Cougar Argo probably going to last you, um, you know, most of your day because it is lightweight and it's got a lot of good curvature in there. I haven't sat in, in it yet. I've just kind of looked at it from afar, but, um, I think it's going to be the kind that, that is a good intermediary in there. And I have a list of others I'll post when I do the full, the full article. Uh, but this should give you a good spread. Um, again, a lot of people like the Titan because they don't know 
what's different. They don't know comfort. You think that you think the Titans comfortable. You think the DX racers comfortable, but you don't need all of this stuff to have a comfortable seat. Don't get a seat from Meyer, please. I say Meyer because that's where I bought seats from. Target. Do not get seats from there because they're not good. They're just quick. Do not get a seat from IKEA. It is literally just a quick. You can build it if if you can build it at home. Uh, it's probably not a great seat, and uh, the Embody is actually pretty good to build at home. But uh, the this Titan is just like you're just ninety degree screw attachments, and I'm like that's not that's not comfortable. It's not not worthwhile. It's not going to hold the seat together very well. So, anyways, um, that should give you a primer on on seats. I'll have a full article, but really get a good chair. Don't get the Titan is fine. I, I give some of the good props to it, but um, I do like again. I like that it has the integrated lumbar, adjustable lumbar. I can adjust it. I like that the the cushion is a little bit firmer. I like that I can adjust the cushion and the recline. I don't. You don't need all this extra stuff. I would love to see a a secret lab where they get rid of some of this extra junk and just make it a little bit more curvaceous. I think that would um, that would do do wonders. But yeah. There you go. These are my nothing, selections. Get a nothing good about nothing about the gaming industry will ever get rid of the aesthetics I, stuff. So it's um, the, uh, racing chairs, the racing yes. chair wings and stuff is the RGB lighting of. Uh, it really is. <laughs> but I do think you know, and, and Taylor said he got that that Logitech. I think the Logitech is. Uh, it was the first time that I saw people actually caring about chairs a comfortable caring about comfort uh it's it's priced way out of everybody else it really is for the folks that are dedicated under that understand what they're going to be into the majority of folks are going to get a secret lab or they're going to get a corsair or they're going to get a dx racer because they don't know any better um and they're looking at price price and aesthetics are the top two things right now and so if you you have to spend the money i mean you're when you buy a car are you going to buy a used Yugo because it has a cool paint job that you know is going to blow up? Are you going to buy a, you know, maybe a, a, a VW Phaeton or an Audi, you know, A4 or something? Are you going to are you going to get something that's actually worthwhile? You, You've got to put the money say, in these things. I would say, do you not know me at all? Yeah. I, have a, I have a 1978 AMC. You but think that's I, hot though? You buy that for a reason. No. So, hey, um, do you want to know what the seats are in that car? Would you like to know what the seats are in the 1978? There's, no, there's probably AMC? no headrests in that no, seat. They are Levi. They are denim seats. <laughs> um. So yeah, like I said, uh, I would, if you can, spend the money get yourself a Herman Miller chair. If you can't, which most people can't, uh, they're not budging the right way. Actually, buy an, an office chair. Actually, buy a task chair. Get an Aeron chair. Get an Embody chair. Get whatever. Um, get a Leap chair. Buy them secondhand. Right now is an awesome time to get used furniture because a lot of businesses ha- are closing down shop. A lot of people are more people are working from home. A lot of places, office spaces have shrunk down in size. Hop on Marketplace. Look on Craigslist. They are throwing a lot of not throwing away, but they're they're getting rid of a lot of these seats, and you can get them secondhand and get them used and get them refurbed for a heck of a great price. Even Amazon, I hopped on Amazon looking at Leap chairs and Aeron chairs, and uh, I was surprised the price in a lot of cases was 
cheaper than um, cheaper than this Titan. And I thought, wow, shit, maybe I should get that from now on. So yeah, uh, buy secondhand. It's totally fine. Um, if you can afford the Logitech and body, do it. I mean, that's probably going to be my next chair. I mean, I'm going to definitely invest in it because I've, I've had this guy for two years, this Titan, and it's just destroyed my back even more probably. Um, if you're looking for something short-term, the Corsair will probably get you through a year or a year and a half. Uh, the Cougar Argo might last you a couple of years, but then, you know, then you're back to buying another chair. And you, do, you probably don't want to spend – I can. you probably don't want to buy a – new console every year because your xbox series x died you don't want to buy an xbox series x every year buy the hot ass pc like taylor did buy it once and then upgrade it every few years you know you don't need to you don't need to buy a hot ass xbox series a, x every year I, there you I, go. I, I just opened up offer up and i can buy a herman miller embody in seattle from some guy for six hundred dollars right now there so. you go bam See? <laughs> you totally <laughs> so that's the uh i'll have a big whole article with more details on this kind of stuff but um i think it's uh i think we're in good good shape for, for helping you guys make some decisions again we started started here started from don't. the bottom now we're here like i said don't fuck with your back thank you that is it that's what i got seats we i'll talk more about it I'll give another, I'll actually give a full, I want to get into reviewing seats for the site um, more often. I photographed step-by-step step me putting this seat together and I actually did like my own little freaking um, uh, like benchmarking on this and a bunch of other seats, but I want to get into. running a dyno more. test on yeah, your totally car seat. <laughs> trust me, when I, trust me uh, don't laugh, but I have run this thing through pressure pressure testing. Yeah, now we're talking. Uh, we have an awesome lab where I work, and so I my take shit there all the time. And we've been able to pressure te pressure my, test stuff and crash test stuff. It's pretty pretty cool. But yeah, yeah my lab I want to get into more of it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I want to get into more of it. So hey, uh, gaming chair companies, if you want an actual honest opinion from somebody who studies this kind of who did who's been designing chairs for over twenty years, designing seats. Um, Dally Ass Master Domofsky over here. Ass, I am the ass. I like it. I like it better than Ass Boy. Better than Ass Man. The Ass Master. And that's the end, actually, of the side quest. I think we we knocked out a good show. Two hours. Good. Yeah. Zach just back sent me a code. Up. I need. We need yeah, to I go. got the code too. <laughs> we all got like fifty. Got fifty messages. But uh, hey, thank you guys for uh, for this journey. A wonderful, wonderful night. Talked about a lot of fun stuff. Sam's surprise game. We've been waiting. Uh, added it to my wish list. I'm going to make yeah, sure. Sam, thank, Sam, thank you. When that bad boy's $6, I'm going to quiet. Whatever happened to Sam, he's just nice and quiet right now. Hey, I, I can't wait to play it uh, with all you guys <laughs> when you get it. It's, it's going to be just so good. You got it on PC? No, I have it on PlayStation. So. No, I don't know. We'll never play a video game together. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean... I tell you what, if you guys are honestly going to get it on PC the next time it's six dollars and you're actually gonna play it, I will buy it on we'll PC. Do it. I will do it. I am one I am I'm certainly I am, tempted now. I am I am not joking when I said that I have added it to my wish list. So when it gets to six dollars, I am buying it. <laughs> I can't I can't wait to be trolled for every sale moving forward with this yeah. is not six dollars. Yeah. JJ, thank you very much for for the mania that you brought oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about the game <laughs>
Taylor, uh, thank you for giving us some wonderful information on game streaming services and the letting us know that you actually know what you're what you're doing when you got a good back, a good seat for yeah. your back. Yeah, thank you. It's the uh, spending money is the only thing I'm good at. So yeah, <laughs> but for good reason. Your your back will not give out. That's what matters. Um, I'm counting on it. Uh, listeners, viewers, thank you everybody who joined us. Feel free to leave messages for us on the website in the comments and most importantly in the discord join our discord it's really worth it great review all that fine fine fun stuff um like this post on youtube like this video on youtube like this the video on twitch it helps it really does it's a little button click 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 click, click, click right there it's especially so easy to do this one in particular because yeah. it, let's get dally a chair let's get let's a get free chair, chair to chairs. dally but yeah. the goal of this is to get Dally. I don't. I don't chair. like that strategy. <laughs> no, Logitech or um, uh, Herman Miller did just announce a brand new An actual uh, chair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. A brand I new. don't want you to get a good chair. I want you to get <laughs> real. Yeah, game we we want you to get the bottom barrel, the oh, worst of the worst. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I did see that. The Vantum. The Vantum. I have not reviewed yeah. I saw the announcement of it. So, with that said, you find us sidequesting.com, sidequesting TV on Twitch and YouTube. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of The Side Quest Mushroom Kingdom. Here we come. Ugh, I don't like that. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's a bad note to leave that's on. Bad, yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. Charles Martin has a uh, quite